tonight, I want you to turn with me first to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Then I'm going to another book in the Bible, Galatians chapter 6, for our text tonight. But I'm speaking to you tonight on the subject, the marks of the Lord Jesus are the stigma of being a Christian. The stigma of being a Christian. And I want to read tonight a passage that goes in great detail about the bodily sufferings of Christ. Now you know there more, there's more than one kind of suffering. There's physical suffering. There is uh, inward pain. When Jesus said, spoke of the cup that I shall drink of, I don't think he's thinking of talking about the death by crucifixion, the physical part of it. He was talking about the inward pain of being a sin barrier and being separated from the Lord. There are more than one kinds of suffering. But Paul, I think, suffered physically as no other Christian has ever suffered and lived. And I think we can get that to you from the Bible. Now, let's read out of the Word of God, beginning in verse 21, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Then, I, as I say, I'm going to another book and take as our text tonight on the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, verse 21, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I speak as, as concerning reproach, as though we had been weak. Howbeit, whereinsoever any is bold, I speak foolishly, I'm bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent. In deaths oft. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. That is, he's saying of the Jews five times, I received thirty-nine stripes. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep, that is, in the, in the waters of the stormy sea, 24 hours. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that were without, that which cometh upon me daily, see, here's the inward pain and the inward burden, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? 
who is offended that I'm, I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my, mine infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. In Damascus, the governor under Aretas the king kept the city of the Damascenes, scenes, with a garrison desiring to apprehend me. And through a window in a basket was I let down with a wall and escaped his hands. And thus you find here the most detailed description of the sufferings of Christ. I mean of Paul, the bodily, physical sufferings of the Apostle Paul. Now I want to read the last two verses of the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. And it might be well to just turn there because there's such a beautiful picture here, the way the book of Galatians closes. In verse 17, From henceforth let no man trouble me. Now he's, he's referring to the fact he has suffered for Christ, he's proved his case, and he bears in his body the marks of the Lord Jesus. For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Now several years ago, I spoke, on a sem I spoke from this text. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And I remember the outline that I used in speaking from Galatians chapter 6, verse 17. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And in that sermon I preached years ago, I mentioned the fact that Paul, first of all, had a birthmark. Paul was born again beyond any shadow of a doubt. I mentioned, second of all, that um, Paul had a watermark. For beyond any shadow of a doubt, the apostle Paul was baptized, as all believers should be, by immersion in water subsequently to their new birth experience. I mentioned also that the apostle Paul had the cross mark. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. I mentioned in that sermon also that Paul had the battle marks. And it may be that those are the ones that I'm talking about tonight. He had also the death mark. He knew when his time to die had come. For he said, I've fought a good fight, I've finished a course, I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. The time of my departure is at hand. But I want to depart from that line of thinking tonight. And I want to speak to you on the stigma of being a Christian and the suffering that sometimes Christians are called upon to bear. Now when Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus, he leaves no doubt about what he's talking about. He's not talking about a burden on his heart. He's not talking about inward pain. He's not talking about travail for souls. He's not talking about tears he has shed for the unsaved. He's talking about scars and marks upon his body. In fact, when he said, 
I bear mark the marks of the flesh marks of Jesus upon me. The word in the Greek New Testament is stigmata. And that's the word from which we get our word stigma. And he's talking about I bear the stigma in a physical, visible way. I bear the stigma of being a Christian. Paul suffered physically so much and was so badly scarred that there was no doubt in this world to whom he belonged. When anyone looked at the Apostle Paul, they had to say, there is a man who has suffered physically for Jesus Christ. And for one thing, you know, Paul, I believe the Bible teaches, was actually killed one time. You read in the 14th chapter of the book of Acts of his stoning at Lystria. And the disciples stood about him. And that was a Jewish method of execution. Stoning. They stoned him at Lystria and believed that he was dead. And the Bible said, And having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. They thought, now we've killed him, and the word drew is the same as drag, and they dragged him out of the city. Take him out to the edge of the city. He's dead. And no doubt he was. Because if you read Second Corinthians chapter 12, you're bound to come to the conclusion that Paul was stoned to death that day. For he said, he never mentioned it for 14 years, if, some, if, if I'd been stoned that way, and God had spared my life, I don't think I'd have waited 14 minutes that I'd want to tell somebody about it. But Paul never mentioned it for 14 years. But he writes to the Corinthians in his second letter, and he said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, caught up into paradise and heard words which are not lawful for me to utter. And there's no question but what he's referring to his experience when as a missionary to the heathen city of Lystria, they stoned him and crushed him and beat him until they were convinced they had killed him. But that was only really the beginning of the sufferings of Paul. Paul said, I have been beaten by the Jews five times with 40 stripes, save one. Now, if you could read historically uh, a description of what these beatings were, 39 stripes. It, it is said historically uh, proven that many times people died when they received these 39 stripes. It was similar to the scourging Jesus received. Uh, the Jews flagged these, flogged these people and beat them unmercifully. But there is an expression that I read to you in Second Corinthians that absolutely staggers my mind tonight. Paul said, I was beaten with rods three times. Now, if you study what it means to be beaten with rods, this was a Roman habit and a Roman punishment. 
uh, a rod here, what's called a vine stick. What it is saying is that three times he was beaten with a, a part of a grapevine. Huge, knotty, gnarled, hard, dry stick. This was recorded in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. Three times, he said, I was beaten with rods. And again, many times when people were beaten with rods, they never survived the beating. What I'm saying to you tonight is, there probably has never been a child of God. And there have been people martyred. And there have been Christians crucified on a cross like Jesus was. But I don't believe there's ever been a Christian. There's no description in the Bible of any one human body other than that of the Lord's who suffered as much physically for the cause of Christ as the Apostle Paul did. He said, I underwent three shipwrecks. And then he said, I was 24 hours in the deep. I can see him a night and a day clinging to a broken part of a ship and hanging for dear life in the stormy sea. Not only that, he said, I suffered at the hands of robbery, of robbers. And robbery was a big thing in Paul's day. And he traveled the roads and lanes uh, on his missionary journey. He said, I suffered from hunger, suffered from cold. No man ever suffered, I think, physically other than Jesus, any more than the apostle Paul suffered. So he writes here, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Now there are five times suggested, either in the Bible or in history, four of these I suggest to you tonight are mentioned in the Bible. Only one is not. But there are five times when men were branded for some reason or another like a cowboy would brand a head of cattle. There were five different occasions when a man would brand another man and would put a mark upon him and people would know what that mark meant. For instance, in the Old Testament we read that slaves were branded. You read in the book of Exodus, and if the servant shall plainly say, by the way, if you'd read the whole context, you'd find these are not just necessarily one race taking another race in slavery. And any kind of slavery is wrong. Any kind is wrong. And let me say, while I'm on the subject, I think one of the, the, blackest, the blackest marks on the face of the earth tonight is the cruelty and the and the uh, awful offense against the black people in South Africa. And I don't say that for effect, but I say God is no respecter of persons. But in Old Testament days, they would sometimes, when they were victorious at war, they would take prisoners and brand them. And sometimes Jews would sell themselves because of their indebtedness. As slaves, they'd work six years, 
And at the end of the seventh year, under certain conditions, they could be released. And it says in the book of, book of Exodus chapter 21, And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free, then his master shall bring him into the judges, and he shall bring him under the door, under the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. You ladies, you think you're so cute when you get your ears pierced. And that's been happening for thousands of years, don't you see? If a servant said, I love my master, and I have my wife and my children here in this household, I do not want to go free. I want to be a member of this household, though my freedom is given to me. They would take him and place him against the, the doorpost and take an awl and put a hole in his ear. And that branded him as a, as a servant to that master forever. And that's what the Bible said. And he shall serve him forever. And you know, my friend, I believe tonight this is a brand, this is a mark that every born-again Christian ought to have. I believe you ought to be branded as a Christian, as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think one thing that hurts the church of the Lord tonight more perhaps than anything else in the world is that there are so many Christians who are not servants. So many sons who are not born slaves to the Lord Jesus Christ. I say to you tonight, if every Christian was a servant of the Lord, I mean, took it seriously to serve God, I believe every Christian ought to prayerfully consider, what service can I render unto the Lord? And every Christian should be branded tonight spiritually as a bond slave of Jesus Christ. I read years ago of a great man in Mississippi, did a great work for the Lord, great work for the Lord. And they, uh, when he died, they put a beautiful monument down in southern Mississippi at his grave. But his, his uh, descendants, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, their grandfather such a great man, such a great Christian preacher, and raised money for Christian schools and for missions. Such a great man. They had a special meeting. And they said, we ought to put something on our grandfather's tombstone other than just his name, date of his birth, and date of his death. We ought to put something on there that lets people know what a wonderful Christian our grandfather was. And so they met and they discussed it and they decided and they finally reached a consensus and they said one word, only one word, a double word, but one word we'll put on his tombstone. And they put on his tombstone, bond slave. And that meant a servant, a slave, if you please, to the Lord Jesus Christ. May I ask you tonight, if your ears have been spiritually bored, bored through. And have you been made not only a son of God by faith, 
but a servant of the Lord because you love him. Now this servant would obey. He'd serve. He'd love. I read of, of, of something in the slavery of this country. And that's the black eye upon our history. But I read of a slave standing on the block at New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, where I was born. Of course, this was a few years before I was born. But uh, that's supposed to be funny, folks, in, in case you wonder. Um, anyhow, a slave was standing on a block at New Orleans, Louisiana, and people were bidden for his, his services, for his body to work. And a man kept raising the bid, raising the bid, raising the bid, until finally he bought him at an enormous price. And then the man, the slave, came as if to follow him. But the one who purchased him turned to him and said, I didn't purchase you to make you a slave of mine. I purchased you to make you free and go as you please. And it said that the man said, I would follow thee and live with you. And I want to tell you, on the cross of Calvary, thank God, there was one who paid my ransom price. I was bound in the slave markets of sin, but with the price of his own blood, he set me free. And like that purchased slave, I would say to him tonight, I would follow thee, and I want to serve thee. Paul was branded as a bond servant of Jesus Christ. Now there is uh, some evidence, in uh, history at least, that soldiers were branded. In fact, the soldiers of Alexander the Great had uh, an, an A which stood for Alpha, Alexander. They had that the soldiers of Alexander the Great that conquered the world at age 33. And he said, sat down upon a peak somewhere overlooking the valley and began to weep. And they said, why do you weep? And he said, because there are no more worlds to conquer. But his soldiers, in loyalty to him, wore the Alpha, the A, upon, branded upon them. They were proud to be soldiers of the great general and the great leader and the great conqueror. And I say to you tonight, this Bible says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And I believe a Christian ought to be known as a soldier. I think a Christian ought to be branded spiritually as a soldier for Jesus Christ. You know, I think about soldiers, first of all, um, they, they usually leave home. That's a traumatic experience. There's been a many a tear shed when a soldier left home. There's been a many a tear shed when a Christian soldier left home. I think about my leaving home, and if I describe the home to you that I left, I mean the house, you'd all be in tears in a few minutes. I want to tell you, it, it, it was the nearest no house I've ever seen in my life, and I've seen some shacks in my day, brothers and sisters. But I left that, that old country home. It wasn't worth $200. And I left that home, and the hardships... Well, I was telling Ms. Malone, uh, uh, we were coming back from lunch the other day, and I got talking about my boyhood. 
She's heard it a thousand times, but she always makes out like she's never heard it before. Isn't that nice? And I thought about how poor uh, we were and, and uh, some of the rigors of our lives at that time. And uh, I, I left home when I got saved to go away to school. And I cried my eyes out. I hated everything about it. I worked 16 hours a day, milk cows morning and night. I, I hated farming. I hated the farm. I hated the ground. I hated the plows. I hated the mules. I hated the harness. I hated the cows. I hated the milk buckets. I hated the milk stools. I hated the water buckets. I hated the, the wood. I hated the axe that topped it. I hated it all. But I get, I'm getting ready to leave home. And you're supposed to cry when you leave home. And you know, I wasn't going far. I'm just going from North Alabama up to the southeast part of Tennessee. Wasn't going far. But back in those days, in 1935, if a fellow moved into the other county, so help me, I heard two men talking one time, and they said, whatever happened to old um, Alexander Brown? Said, why, he moved clear out of this country. He did? Yeah, where? Yeah. He did. He moved clear out of this country. Where did he move to? Why, he moved up in Limestone County. That's the adjoining county. And I, old country folks, you know, they didn't have to go far to felt like my grandmother cried. Bless her heart. We were talking about her the other day. Sweet, sweet soul. Died in the seven. Um, my grandfather died in the 72nd wedding year of their life. I mean, they'd been married 72 years. And my grandmother, I, one thing I remember by, she never said idea. She said idea. She'd say, that'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? And I remember her that way, but so many other ways. I never heard my grandmother, she lived to be just under 93. I never heard her, not one time. I put my hand on this Bible, I lie not. I never heard my grandmother ever make a questionable remark about another human being and I never heard her use one slang word in all her life. Not one. What a wonderful, wonderful uh, grandparents. My grandparents were, especially after they got saved. But anyway, I had to leave home. And my grandmother said, Well, we'll never see Tom again. In six weeks, I ran out. I got run off from school because I didn't have any money, and I had to come back. I'd back in six weeks for three or four days, try to raise some money. My grandmother cried. You know, soldiers leave home. Soldiers wear a uniform, and the Bible says, "Put ye on the Lord Jesus." That's why I think a Christian ought to look like a Christian. And a Christian lady ought to not look like a hussy of the world. And a Christian man ought to look masculine. You get me? You get my drift? You ought not to wear his hair way down his back. I didn't mean to get on that, but I enjoyed it so much. I'm so glad the Lord helped me to think of it. Wear a uniform. Put ye on the Lord Jesus. Soldiers wear uniform. Soldiers carry weapons. And the Bible says, now Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Put ye on the whole armor of God. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
Soldiers have a weapon, and so do you tonight. You have a two-edged sword, sharper than anything in this world. Soldiers leave home. Soldiers wear uniforms. Christians ought to be dressed up in the Lord Jesus. Soldiers carry weapons. Soldiers know the enemy. Friend, know who the enemy is. And always say, start right here. You're the worst enemy you have. I've often said, no one could ever destroy Tom Malone but Tom Malone. Know your enemy. Start with yourself. The flesh, the world, the devil, know your enemy. Don't ever underestimate the strength of your enemy. And don't ever overestimate your own strength. And you cannot overestimate the strength of the Lord Jesus. For Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Now soldiers take captives. That says to me, a good soldier of Jesus Christ ought to be winning souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. Soldiers were branded. It's like they said to a, a fellow that had been in the, in the service of our country and one sleeve hung empty. And someone said, I'm sorry, you lost your arm in the service. He bristled up and he said, I didn't lose my arm in the service. I gave my arm in the service. And I believe that Christians ought to be branded as soldiers who take captives and win souls to Jesus Christ. How long has it been since you won a soul to the Lord? How long has it been since you witnessed to someone? How long has it been since you cared enough to get somebody's name and find out where they live and maybe get their phone number at least and make some effort to win them to Jesus Christ. A Christian ought to be branded as a soldier. Now religious people were branded and this is attested to both in history and in the Word of God. It is said that the temple of Heracles on the Egyptian coast was like an asylum, a refuge for any kind of person many hundreds of years ago. And if one came as, as a refuge, a criminal, whatever, if one came to the temple of Heracles on the Egyptian coast, he was given asylum and safety there on this condition. He'll be branded as a member of the temple of Heracles, and he'll stay there the rest of his life. And in addition, he'll be protected as long as he's there because he's been branded as a member of that idolatrous temple. You know, the Bible says, strange verse to me, Isaiah 44 and 5, another shall inscribe on his hand, I am the Lord. It said some, in the Old Testament, sometime someone would write on their hand, I am the Lord's. Isaiah 44 and verse 15. You see, verse 5. You see, a Christian ought to be branded as a child of God. There ought to be no question in the minds of people whether or not you're saved. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and somebody said, uh, I wonder if that person's saved. Boy, I'll tell you, it would break my heart. And I know I'm not near as good a Christian as ought to be, but it'd break my heart if somebody would ever say, 
I wonder if Tom Malone's really saved. There ought to be no doubt in anybody's mind that you are a child of God. There was a mark in the Bible put on criminals. Criminals were branded sometimes. Now, in fact, in the first family, uh, Cain slew his brother Abel, and the Bible says, And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. The Lord set a mark on Cain because he was a criminal. Now, I've read and tried to find out, what did people think that mark was? I read where some students of the Bible think that the Lord gave Cain a trembling, and he shook and trembled the rest of his life. Others believe there's some kind of mark that God placed on his forehead that warned man that though this man had killed his brother, he was not to be slain by any man. But there was a mark set, a warning against murder, and a sign that God had forsaken Cain. And I want to say to you, I believe people can still go so far until God quits speaking to them. And woe be unto you if you ever silence God's voice until He talks to you no more. Oh, to hear the sweet voice of God is so precious. And to know you're still in touch and God is talking to you. But woe be unto the person who never hears the voice of God because they've gone too far. I like the wonderful story, and I've told it before in this church. You know, in this country, many, many years ago, they brand sheep thieves. And they just brand with a hot iron, like branding the cattle, ST, right in their forehead, sheep thieves. One time, two brothers were caught stealing sheep, and they branded them right in their forehead, ST, sheep thieves. One of them said, I'm, I'm embarrassed, I'm shamed, I, I can't stand it, I'll go far away from here, I'm gone. And he left. And no one ever heard of him again. The other one said, I'm going to turn my heart to God. And I'm going to be saved. And I'm going to live a Christian life. And I'm going to stay right where I am. And I'm going to show that God Almighty, through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, can change my life. And he lived to be an old man. And one day he lay in the casket in the old country church. It is said that a grandfather about the same age as the man who had died with ST in his forehead. A grandfather was passing the coffin to view this man who was a wonderful Christian but had been branded as a sheep thief when he was a boy in sin. They were passing a grandfather and his little grandson and they paused at the casket and the little grandson said, What does ST mean? in his forehead. And the grandfather said, Son, S.T. means saint of God. And that's what the Lord can do. Isn't that wonderful? That ought to make Presbyterian shout. That the Lord can make a saint out of anyone. There was a mark upon criminals. And then there is a mark upon people who are abhorred. Now, I hate to even quote from where I'm going to quote from. And you won't tell anybody, I know. I know you, I trust you, you trust me, you won't ever tell. You've heard of the books of the Apocrypha. They're not a part of the Word of God. 
There may be some historical truth in some of them, but they're not the Word of God. And this is the Word of God right here. And there's no more to it, and it won't be any more written. This is it right here. But in the second book of Maccabees, there is the record that one time the Jews were so persecuted that they were branded with an ivy leaf tattooed on them to mark them as a Jew, one of God's chosen people, and hated because they belonged to God. And I want to say to you tonight, you're branded. You're branded by the world. As the old song goes, this world's no friend of grace. And Jesus said, marvel not if the world hate you. You mean, preacher, plain old hate? That's what Jesus said. Marvel not if the world hate you. For it, it hated me before it hated you. And here's what I want to mention to you. Jesus said in John chapter 15 and uh, verse 19. He said, it hated me before it hated you. And if, if you were of his own, talking about the world, but used a personal pronoun, if you were of his own, the world would not hate you. You know why it uses a personal pronoun? Because this cosmos, this world system is controlled by a devil. By Satan, that master, evil-minded one, and he hates you tonight. The Bible says he goeth about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know, we need, we need to be willing to have upon us the mark of the abhorred as the chosen people of God. Three quick lessons from what I've said tonight, we should never be ashamed to bear reproach for Christ. You ever been laughed at? Thank God for it. You ever been made fun of? Thank God for it. A Christian should never be ashamed to bear reproach for Christ. Every, every place my wife and I eat, no matter where it is, we bow our heads and thank God for our food. And we don't uh, hurry about it either. We take our time and say the blessing. And we've had people in recent days say, are you folks Christians? And uh, one, one lady said, are you a reverend? And I lied a little bit. I said, yes, ma'am. Because I'm really not a reverend, I'm a preacher. But I knew what she meant. I didn't really lie, but I said, yes, ma'am. I want to tell you, a Christian should never be ashamed to bear reproach for Christ. Don't be ashamed to carry your Bible. Anywhere. Oh, I tell you, man, this church, and every time I think of him, I get blessed. Ralph Savage, he's going to be with the Lord. But he got saved in this church, and I, I won't take time to tell you how he got saved. It's a wonderful story. Sitting in a modernistic church one time, preacher with a robe on, talking about his garden. And he said to his wife, I, we're never going to get saved in this church. And I said I wasn't going to tell you the story, but... And I'm not. But anyway, he got saved, came to this church. And a miracle how he came. He told his wife how he's going to find a church. That's the way he found this one. But he took his Bible and he, he worked over here in General Motors Truck and Coast and put it on his desk. And you know, it's, it's unbelievable what that book will do. People come by his desk and then, you know, might bite you. 
I, I, I read my Bible every time I get on an airplane. I open my Bible and read it. They don't ever ask me, uh, would you like a glass of champagne? <laughs> Wouldn't that be ridiculous if you're reading the Word of God? No, it's wonderful what the Bible do. And um, uh, so folks got to complain about it. And um, they said something to a, a higher superior to speak to Brother Ralph Savage. That, now, you ought not to have your Bible on your desk. Brother Ralph Savage said, where I go, my Bible goes. <laughs> I like that. And I wish I could say, where my Bible goes, that's where I'm going. Oh, listen, don't be ashamed to bear reproach for Christ. Number two, we should bear these marks in our character. You know, folks, you can be saved and go to heaven and not have a thimble full of character. You can be saved and go to heaven and be just as mean as the devil. That's awful, but that's the truth. You can be saved and go to heaven and not have Christian character. Christian character and integrity is something that uh, you got to build. And a Christian should have the marks in our character that we're the right kind. Christians ought to pay their debts. They ought to be honest. They ought to tell the truth. They ought to bear in their souls the marks of the Lord Jesus. Crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I but Christ liveth in me. Life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me, gave himself for me. Christian character. Third and last, Jesus was branded. Oh, how he was branded. He was branded in his hands, and Thomas said, Unless I see the nail prints in his hand and the spear wound in his side. He was branded with the nails and the thorns and the spear and branded with a whip. Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. We may never be beaten, but we ought to be willing to. I say to Ms. Malone sometimes and the others, you know, I'd kind of like to put me, be put in jail. I really would. I, I think I'd enjoy a couple of weeks in jail. You say, oh, preacher, you, you're being funny. You're silly. No. Just think. No telephone. Nobody say, well, I'd be able to call up the preacher. I'm lonesome. I'll talk to him about a half hour. 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> and nothing to do but just read your Bible. Witness. That wouldn't be bad, would it? You may be called on some time to do it. A Christian should remember his Lord was branded and we should be willing to. I bear in my body the flesh marks of the Lord Jesus, the stigma of Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I want to thank you tonight for the Apostle Paul. Fourteen of these wonderful books in the New Testament you gave us through him. Inspired Word of God. Now, I want to thank you for a man that proved you can go through anything with the help of God. And Lord, I pray you bless us tonight and help us to be willing to bear the cross and if need be to wear the marks 
of the Lord Jesus, even physically. Speak to our hearts tonight and help us to be good Christians. But we're going to meet you someday and we want you to be proud of us. When we stand at the judgment seat, we want you to say, well done. Bless thy word to these hearts, for Jesus' sake, amen. We keep, we keep your heads bowed and eyes closed just a moment. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I wonder tonight, dear friend, you know, it's so wonderful. I mentioned this morning, the Bible says, I think about three times, God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. Uh, God loves you whether you're educated or uneducated, rich or poor, dressed well or poorly. God loves you no matter where you live, what your name is, what your background is. God loves you. God.